Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. So we've been in a series called Unstoppable Church, and we've been uh, reviewing, studying, looking at the early church, the church, the first church that we know about that became followers of Jesus and uh, became uh, people who believed that he was the Son of God. And all these people in this context were Jews in those days, and Jews, uh, all most of the Jewish population, believed in Yahweh, uh, one God, a God who created the, the heavens and the earth, but they were taught from the Old Testament, from something called the Torah, which the first five books of the New Testament, thousands of years ago, and they've been spending their entire lives following after this Yahweh God. And there was always these words, these prophetic words, believing that one day a man uh, or a Messiah would come to restore God's kingdom back to the earth. And this man named Jesus came to the earth. He was 100% man, but he was 100% God. He walked on the planet. He did miracles and raised the dead and healed the sick. And then they crucified him, a criminal's death, buried him in the grave. And the third day, three days later, Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And as uh, our amazing Billy Graham said here today, that there's not a greater fact proven in Roman history than the resurrection of Jesus Christ. These people, some of them accepted this message that Jesus Christ is this God, who is the living God who is there in the beginning, who will be there in the end, who is the creator of your life, the creator of your soul physically, spirit, body, mind, soul. He created you, he formed you, and he is the living high, he's the ruler of the universe, and he's the the wonderful God, and he sent his son to earth to die for you and for me that we might have an eternal life with Christ and also live an abundant life on this planet. These people accepted that reality, and so we've been looking at what makes them unstoppable, what made these people unstoppable, 120 people to 3,000 people to 5,000 people to 7,000, people and they just began to grow as, as people begin to hear this message about this Messiah they begin to accept this reality and so the unstoppable church is really powerful because if you are here today and you say I call myself a follower of Jesus I mean you could use the word Christian which is fine but actually the word follower of Jesus or disciple is a little more accurate Christian is a religious title uh, follower of Jesus is an, a, something that I am and I do and I live there's a big difference and so if you're here today and say man I'm a follower of Jesus or I'm a, I'm a follower of his word that means that in, in, in the scriptures teaches that if, if the church is unstoppable, the early church is unstoppable, that means you're unstoppable because you are the church. And so we've been looking at these different words, and we've looked at the word devoted, and we looked at the word supernatural, and we looked at the word together in, 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 as we are here today, together, gathered together. We looked at the word together as in being to, uh, together in homes, in our groups. We talked about the word satisfied. We talked about the word bold. Our word today is a word that I'm very thankful the Lord led me to share this with you today because I think it's not only, I think, a life message for me, but it's also something that I pray every one of you will capture today. And it's this beautiful word, rest. This word, rest, as we look at the scripture, what's fascinating about this text we're going to read today, we're only going to read four verses, and we're just going to talk about those four verses today, is that the author, Luke, was one of the followers of Jesus. And this author, Luke, was a doctor, and he wrote this book, this Acts of the Apostles, this book of Acts we're going to look at. And what Paul, or I'm sorry, Luke really focused on was these different, uh, these different people like Peter and John and Philip who did incredible acts for God's kingdom, miracles and raising people from the dead and uh, people being healed. I mean, incredible endeavors that were really are historically proven if you go back and read Roman history. 
But what I've wanted to try to do is focus not just on those who do these extravagant acts, which I believe you and I can see powerful miracles through our lives and people's lives transformed. And all of those things can be true of us. But in reality, if we look at the early church, we see that there were thousands and thousands and thousands of people who were no-namers. We never read about them. We never see anything about them. But there was something about them that made them unstoppable, that made them powerful, that made them, uh, uh, that made them change, that, that transformed the entire Mediterranean, eventually the entire world, all because these people were no namer followers of God, just like you and just like me. After, uh, after they experienced Jesus, they didn't just give everything up. They went back to work. They went back home and they experienced their life and they went back to their normal rhythm of life. And it's often easy for us to focus on the miracles and we focus on the big things, which are awesome. Believe me, I want to see God shake this place. I want to see miracles, amen. I want to see amazing things happen in the kingdom of God. Miracles and supernatural signs and wonders. Those things are awesome, fantastic. But you'll find in this scripture that there was something substantially amazing about this word rest that the author chose to just put right in the center of this text. Often, we jump over these words because we're so captivated by the next chapter. Verse 47 of chapter 2 is our text we're going to read today. And then Acts chapter 3, 1, Peter walks into a place and brings a guy off the ground and he gets healed miraculously and walks into the temple and it's like this amazing miracle. Everyone's like, yay, which is awesome. But there's so much more to your life. You living this restful, unstoppable life knowing that it's only by the grace and mercy and unmerited favor of Jesus Christ that you can do the things that God has called you to do. That we begin to live this life where we recognize that we actually don't have to try that hard to live the life that God's called us to live. And I'm going to teach you about that today. There's something powerful about this verse that we read in the scripture and it's in Acts chapter 2 verses 44 to 47. And we're going to read this. I'm going to put it up on the screen for you here. Read it right here, right now. Here it is. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. So for those of you who are here and don't know what I'm reading, this is what the early church did. The people who believed in Jesus Christ, this is the things they began to do just by osmosis, by the leading of God, they began to live this way. This is how God transformed their lives. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God, enjoying the favor of all the people, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Did you see it? Did you see these five words sprinkled in this text? The first portion of Scripture talks a lot about what we do. They met together. They had all things in common. They shared their needs with one another. But the second slide showed you a different type of, it taught, taught you something different about these people. These people had a state of mind. These people had a, a certain type of living. These people had, I think, the secret that you and I need to learn about what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. I'll call it the secret sauce. What is that about that person? Hmm. It's a secret sauce. Come on, everybody say rest. rest. So all I'm going to do today, very simply, I'm just going to give you these five words. And each of these words teaches you something about your life. 
The first word that we see in this verse is right here on the screen. It says that they, had, they, they were together with glad hearts. Now that word glad, that word glad in the Greek definition of that word is to be extremely joyful. I mean exceedingly joyful. I mean like happy, like exceedingly, abundantly, absolutely joyful. I think we need a little bit more of that this morning. Come on, somebody fake laugh or something. <laughs> Can you imagine coming to church and was like, ha, 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 ha. That would be weird. <laughs> exceedingly, absolutely joyful. And you say, why, Ryan? Why were they so exceedingly joyful? Well, you've got to remember, they grew up in a Jewish context where they were taught that in order to please God, which was true, in that day, in the Old Testament, the way that God instructed them how to live their life was they had to, to really follow 613 laws. God gave them 10, and then they needed more because they were just so unruly. And so God said, okay, here's 613 rules you need to follow, and these you have to do all these types of things in order to really, like, have a relationship with me. Now, God was willing to have a relationship with them, but the people were kind of stone-hearted a little bit. They kept rejecting God, and so God said, okay, well, maybe I need to add this about your relationship. Okay, fine. I need to add this about your food. I need to add this. And he began to add all these different things as Moses came back and gave them all these 613 laws that they had to do in order for them to be right with God. And then they would go to the temple. They would offer sacrifices. Then these sacrifices were given as animals to appease for their sin, and the blood would have to be cast over the temple and all these different things. It sounds like a crazy thing, doesn't it? but they give all this blood everywhere and covering all the sin and these people were constantly living under these 613 rules of law and they had to do all these things and see when they accepted Jesus Christ guess what they were they were now free from condemnation of the law they were now free from guilt and shame they had joy because they knew I don't deserve the loving unconditional grace of my heavenly father I don't deserve it. There is nothing I can ever do. I can't read my Bible enough. I can't pray enough. I can't go to church enough. I can't give enough money. I can't give enough to charity. I can't do enough good. I can't curse less enough. Is that even a word? I can't curse less enough. I can't do this enough and do that enough. I just can't do it. Why? Because you and I, in all of our self-righteousness, will never be able to make up for God's great grace. It is free. It's a gift. It's undeserved. And all it takes is a willing heart. That's why they were overwhelmed with joy because they, they were free from condemnation and guilt they were free how many of you have ever sinned i know we all have but just listen let me clarify <laughs> everybody <laughs> there's one person in the room hey me brother how many of us have ever sinned and then like you know you feel bad after that sin or you've done something wrong and then you feel guilty right and then, you know, you kind of go, okay, Jesus, I'm so sorry, Father, please forgive me. And how many of you know it takes a little bit of a mental acrobats to kind of get yourself back in the right position, right? Sometimes it takes you guys years. <laughs> I have, uh, sometimes it takes me a little while, but I know when I make a mistake, I've just been able to just rest in the fact that, yes, sin is not good, and yes, we shouldn't do things that don't honor God, of course, but when we do, because we all do, it's just God just says, you know what, son, I know you, you didn't, you screwed up, okay? That was a mistake, but guess what? I still love you. Guess what? I still approve of you. You're not lesser on the totem pole. You're not farther down on the notch. You don't have to crawl up on stairs on your knees with bread in your mouth. You don't have to do anything. You just get to be who you are because I've already sent my son to die for you. He shed his blood for all of your sin, the sin you've done, the sin you will do today, and the sin you'll do tomorrow. Should we buy, keep sinning? Well, by no means, because you want to honor God. But that's why they were so joyful, because they no longer walked in condemnation. 
They no longer had guilt. They were free to live the life that God wanted them to live. I no longer come to church because I have to. I come to church because I want to magnify Jesus and be in community. I no longer read my Bible because if I don't, God's going to smite me with baldness or something like that. I don't know. Like Maybe he's going to slap me or make me trip or make me fall over. Or maybe he's going to hurt me. I don't know. God's going to punish me if I don't do the things he's called me to do. That's not how God works. He just loves you. He cares for you. His grace is on your life. He just wants to give it to you, but all we have to do is receive it. We just get to enjoy. I don't have to live in condemnation any longer. I don't have to live under the guilt of my sin or my wrongdoing any longer. Even if it was 50 years ago or yesterday, he wants to wipe that away. They had glad hearts. Sincere is the second word, sincere. It says in this verse that they had sincere hearts. Now, this is an amazing word. And I love this word because it's, it's totally basic. <laughs> and the author took this word and threw it right in the middle. I actually think this word is, is one of the most powerful words in the New Testament. Because there's something so beautiful about this word. The word sincere is actually the word simple. In fact, this is the only use of this word in the entire New Testament. And Luke chose to use this word, sincere. It's like the smoothness of a stone. It means single-hearted. It's to be simple. These people were no longer in a place where they were they were worrying about what people thought about them. Do I look good enough? Do I dress good enough? Do I have good enough things? I better get this so that person will. How, our subconscious is crazy, guys. Sometimes we go out and purchase things not because we want it, but because we think that someone will see it and give us affirmation. Sometimes we look a certain way and dress a certain way because we're seeking the approval of men. Paul said that if I am a servant of Jesus Christ... I no longer can please people. He said, but if I am pleasing people, I am no longer a servant of Christ. We are free from the expectations and the wrong thinking and the mindsets of people. And no longer do I wake up every day thinking about all the people that I got to please. Guess what? I wake up every day saying, Jesus, your opinion of me and what I do for you is the only thing that matters. You and my wife and my children. That's all that matters. You don't like me, you got to talk to my creator because he made me. I no longer have to live under the banner of people's expectations and people's mindset and what do people think of me and what do they like what I'm wearing, do they like what I'm driving, do they like my house, do they like my thing, do I have, I need another boat because I need to do this, I need to get this house, I need to go there. Ah, ah, ah. We stress out in life because we need all these things, but in reality, Jesus says, just stop it. It's a simple life. You just get to enjoy the fact that you no longer have to worry about what people think about you because you've been set free from that. You've been set free. This word simple, I'm sorry, yes, this word simple is a crazy word. Look at the definition of this word, the third line. Free from guile, free from showiness, free from pretension or being pretentious, humble, modest, free of secondary or wrong motivation. The word literally means in the Greek to, to free from trying to dress to impress. The word literally means to, to be free from having to show off. We spend so much time of our lives, and all of my 
conversations with people, it all comes down to, literally, it all comes down to one root. Every one of us has a motivation. We all need affirmation and acceptance when we don't understand what that feels like from our Heavenly Father. Or maybe you have a natural father who isn't present in your life or wasn't there or was not a great father. Generally, it's attached to the dads. If your father wasn't present, we have a motivation that is built into us from our wiring, from that circumstance, and affirmation from every with our natural fathers. It teaches us to seek out approval and affirmation from everything and everywhere when in reality, you don't have to do that anymore. You don't have to overwork to prove to your dad that you're a good worker or overwork to prove to your wife you're going to provide for her. You don't have to pursue that extra this and extra that. You just get to be you and stop pursuing the things of this world and just recognize that your heavenly father will provide you everything that you need to live the life that you have in Christ. Oh, this is a secret song. This is zesty. (laughs) Think about that. I get to live every day free of guilt. This is what it's like to be in a relationship with Jesus. Not with this, this religious God, but this relational God. I get to be free of guilt. I get to be free of condemnation. I gotta stop worrying what people think. I just get, I don't seek for affirmation. I don't stand up here and preach for your approval. I'm just, I have an audience of one. His name is Jesus. I spend my whole life when I do something, I don't do it because I want to look good or, and I'm sure we all slip into that. We all slip into that thing. We all do, me included, everyone here. But you get to be free from having to live that kind of life. You get to be free just to love on and serve your heavenly father. And guess what? He's going to give you the grace to do things in your life. He'll give you the grace to do it. And guess what? He won't give you grace to do other things. So that means this. You just stick to what God's given you the grace to do. And guess what? You're going to live a happy and free life. The moment we get into trouble, is when we start picking up things that God hasn't given us grace to do. We pick up that extra this. We pick up that extra that. Maybe another job. Maybe it's another relationship. Come on, nobody do that, okay? Not two in one. That's not good. (laughs) We start living this life where, man, God called me to this ministry and he called me to this thing. And man, like a long time ago, I had a prophetic word and this is what he's calling me to do and this is what he's calling my life to be. And, And God says, that's awesome, but just let me do that for your life. Stop trying to make it happen in your life. Stop trying to make that relationship happen or that financial increase happen or that thing happen in your life. Just cut it out. Stop trying to impress other people. Stop trying to advance your life and just let the grace and the mercy of God lead you and as a relationship with Him. Yeah, you got to put your feet to the ground and you got to go to work and you got to do those things. But trust me, you just get to enjoy being you. This next, next word here is the word enjoying the favor of all the people. That word enjoying actually means to have or to possess. It's the idea that you just enjoy what you have. That you just simply enjoy what's in front of you. We spend a lot of our time focusing on what we want to get rather than celebrating what we already got. We spend so much time focusing ourselves on the next, on the next, on the next. And we pursue this next when in reality there's no grace for the next. There's just grace for what you got. Ryan, why are we eating this kind of food? It's God's grace. It's what we got. Why are we living in this kind of house? It's God's grace. It's what we got. 
I'm just going to enjoy this moment right now. We were standing out in the, the stairwell here and, and uh, the worship team back there, and, and I don't remember who it was, but they said, you know what, we're just going to enjoy this next 30 minutes of worship because it's what we've got. Want to know why? Because the Bible says your life is but a mist. The Bible says that you are here today and gone tomorrow. Every one of us here are decaying. We're dying. It sounds pretty sad, doesn't it? Let's just end the service. No, I'm just kidding. We're all dying. One day we will die. One day we'll pass away. And you'll look back on your life and say, it was just a miss. It's, my daughter's turning 12 in two months. I can't even remember the last nine years of her life. What's happened? It just goes like this. And all this time, I'm focused on the next and the get and the more and the next and the get and the more. And Jesus just says, hey, as a follower of me, you just get to stand back and enjoy what you got. I just get to enjoy the modest home I have. And I get to enjoy the cute little Honda Civic that we paid off. Hallelujah. I just buy one car. You know, people, why do you have one car? It's because it's what we got. I'm not going to pursue a $90,000 car because I want to impress all these other people. Why do that? I just want to enjoy what I got. There's something significant about being a follower of Jesus Christ and living your life, celebrating the fact that when you sit around a table with your family and you're having a good meal, having a good glass of wine or a good beverage or a good soda water, and you're having food together and you're sitting around and the sun's out, and in that very moment, guess what? That is one of the closest moments you'll ever be to heaven. You just enjoy the bread that's in front of you and the people that you're with. You spend any time with me, you'll know that when I hang out with you, I always stop around a dinner table and say, guys, do you recognize that right now this is what heaven might be like one day? We just enjoy what we got. And you notice the verse says, enjoy the favor. That word favor is grace. You get to enjoy the grace of God in your life. You get to enjoy the fact it says the Lord added to their church. He added, the Lord added. God added. Now listen, he caused the church to grow. And you say, what does that have to do with me? Because every single person that was added to the church had a life change. Every single person that was out of the church had transformation. You know what that means? God wants to do something in your life. He wants to transform you. He wants to make you new. He wants to add his grace to you. He wants to give you power and the grace to be able to live the life that God's called you to live. So what happens is, man, I just start to live a simple life where I enjoy what I got in my life. And I start to be excited about the fact that Jesus saved me. And what happens? The internal starts to happen in my life. And guess what? What happens on the external? Grace, growth, 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 grace, growth. I didn't even do anything. Grace, growth. Man, he sets you up with a relationship. Grace, growth. Man, you got an advancement and promotion. Grace, growth. Man, you're just satisfied. But guess what the crazy part about this story is? We all know that life isn't just a bunch of cupcakes and ice cream. These early church people were murdered for their faith. They were ripped out of their homes. The book of Hebrews 11 says they were sawed in two and nails cut out of their hands. And they were brutally treated. These early Christians were brutally, brutally impacted for their faith. On the outside, things weren't always looking that good, but on the inside. On the outside, it looked like things were going crazy, and I don't know what I'm doing with my job. My finances are falling apart, and man, the world looks like it's going to hell in a handbasket. I don't know what's going on. On the outside, things were looking like it's wasting away, but on the inside, I just enjoy what I got. I just accept the grace of God. I just keep moving forward in my life, knowing that God has called me to be here. I'm going to do the things he's called me to do and not do the things he hasn't called me to do. I'm going to celebrate what I got and stop focusing on what I want to get. What happens? 
grace and growth, grace and growth, grace and growth, grace and growth, grace and growth. Let me read you a couple scriptures and I'll let you go this morning. 2 Corinthians 4, chapter, I'm sorry, yeah, chapter, verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though inwardly we are wasting away, yet outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Now, rest. Last verse and I'll let you go. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Maybe this relates to you. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come on, somebody. Jesus says, come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. Recover your life. It's falling apart. He wants you to recover it. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me. Have a relationship with me. And you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Have a relationship with me. And you're going to learn how to live freely and lightly. What's crazy about living this way is you start to feel guilty for it. <laughs> you start to feel guilty because things are going so well. You start to feel guilty because even though things happen on the outside, it doesn't affect you on the inside. You're like, man, this should be bothering me. I feel badly that I get to enjoy the blessings of God. That's called guilt. And Jesus has set you free from it. We just need to receive it. Just say, yes, God. I receive it. Would you close your eyes for a minute? To every person across the room, just close your eyes for a moment. I want to pray for two people here today. I just want to pray for the first person here today who has never started a relationship with Christ. I'm not going to pull you forward or I'm not going to call you out. I, I'm just going to pray for you. But I want to know, is anyone here today that says, Ryan, I just want to have a relationship with this Jesus that you call God. I like what you're talking about today. I want to live this free life too. You're here today and you say, Ryan, I'd like to do that. Would you just really quickly put your hand in the air and put it down. That's all you got to do. Real quick, put your hand in the air and put it down. That's fantastic. Jesus. Amen. Come on, Father, I just pray for this, this person who just raised their hand this morning. Lord, the Bible says that all the angels of heaven celebrate when one person chooses to follow after Jesus. But today, Lord, we just pray for this person. Lord, we all know the journey is not easy. But Lord, we know that with you, your life and your way is so much better. So I pray right now for their journey. And I pray that, Father, even right now, they would feel your presence. And they would know the Bible teaches this. It's very simple. That if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. You'll experience salvation. Your, your heart will be made new. You'll be a new creation in Christ. You'll spend an eternity with God in heaven. You'll have an abundant life right now. You'll have a partner through the Holy Spirit. You'll have a community that you're a part of. You get to stop caring about what people think about you. You get to no longer walk in condemnation and guilt. Today, God, we pray that they would experience that by confessing with their mouth out loud and believing in their hearts 
that you are God, that you are Lord, they will be saved. So Father, we just pray that make that confession right now. I pray for everybody else in the room today, God. We as people who are either followers of God or maybe we're new to it or old to it or whatever it might be. Father, we say today, yes. I don't deserve it, but I want this free life. I want the secret sauce, Lord. I want to be able to walk in my life, be who I am, Lord, who you've called me to be, and live with an exuberant joy no matter what I face in my life. God, I just pray today, Lord, that you would set us free from guilt and condemnation and people-pleasing, and that we would live a redeemed life and salvation with joy in our spirit, knowing you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and we celebrate that today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Come on, everybody said Amen. Come on, would you put your hand together for this person who gave their life to Jesus today? Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.